Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. As you can see, I'm not with you here in person uh, today. Unfortunately, I was exposed to COVID at our presbyter meeting on Tuesday, and so I don't have any symptoms. I've not been able to get tested and won't be able to until Monday, but out of an abundance of caution, I'm self-quarantining here in my house. I just want to say thanks for praying for and with me. I'm trusting God, obviously, and I'm grateful that I wasn't around anyone in our church uh, from the time frame where I could have possibly been contagious. And so uh, so here we are on the Sunday before a national election, and I wanted the opportunity to be able to share with you what I believe that God has placed upon my heart for this morning. And since I can't be there with you in person, I thought, well, we'll just leverage some technology and I'll record this message right here from my living room. And I just want to celebrate something with you from last week. We talked about it for a moment. I just want to hit on it again this Sunday. A couple of Sundays ago, we handed out flowers and uh, that week went to all of the schools in our community as well as the nursing homes. And it has been incredible to see uh, the notes of kindness that we received, the thank you notes, the text messages, just celebrating that. Again, I want to say thank you to Deb Momothai and Love and Lace for partnering with us, for making those flowers so affordable that we could purchase 900 bouquets of flowers to hand out to our community. So let's take a moment right now. Let's express our appreciation and let's give God praise and glory for what he did there. I also want to say thank you for each of you uh, who honored us in the Pastor Appreciation Month of October. Uh, the, the thoughtful cards, the words that were written there, the gift cards, the gifts. We just want to say thank you. Our team felt appreciated. They sent me text messages just letting me know how blessed that they felt. And I just want to say to you, thank you. Eric and I, again, are honored to be your pastors. Well, last week we talked about how big and how mighty God is. And if you missed last week's message, I would encourage you to listen or watch online at crosspointwaverly.com. This week I was reading in the book of Daniel for my devotion time and I came across a story that's really familiar to me. And I would imagine that for many of you, it's familiar with you. But as I read it, there were some things that jumped off of the page fresh and new. And as I read it, I knew that it was a word from the Lord for our church for today. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel this morning. If you'll go ahead and turn there, we're going to look from Daniel chapter one all the way into Daniel chapter six, just hitting some verses, sharing some stories along the way. And so I would encourage you, whether it's on your digital device this morning or whether it's by reading along in a paper copy of the Bible, but somehow that you would follow along with us today. In the book of Daniel, we read these amazing stories of God's deliverance, specifically with Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. We often look at these stories through a rose-colored lens and we forget what brought about their deliverance in the first place. We also see that while God delivered these four people, there were others that weren't so lucky. In fact, we see in the beginning of Daniel chapter 1 that the reason why these men were there anyway was because their land, Jerusalem, had been conquered. King Nebuchadnezzar commanded his chief eunuch to bring some of the people uh, from Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility. And it goes on to say to bring the strongest and the brightest. 
They were removed from the places of honor that they held, the land that they loved, and forced to live in a palace of a king who just stripped away everything that was familiar that they had known. They lost their loved ones. They lost their homes. They lost their freedoms. They lost their way of life. They were to be fed the finest of foods and wines. Daniel didn't want to defile himself with the king's food, and his friends didn't want to eat or drink the food. Instead, the Bible says that they asked that they could eat vegetables. And as they ate vegetables, the Bible says that they grew as strong and as fat as as the others. Verse number 15 of chapter 1 says that at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youth who ate the king's food. God honored their obedience. How many know that we should be obedient to God no matter what the consequence? For Daniel and his friends, their obedience gave them better results than the others. These men grew in knowledge and in understanding. In Daniel chapter 2, the king has a dream that he once interpreted. And so he calls in the magicians. He calls in the sorcerers and the enchanters and the Chaldeans to interpret the king's dreams. They couldn't do it. And so a decree went out that uh, to kill all of the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel was considered one of the wise men of Babylon, and so they're hunting him. And, and Daniel comes out and he says, uh, let me go and interpret the dream rather than kill all of us. And so in Daniel chapter 2, verse number 27, as you're looking at it, Daniel chapter 2, verse number 27 It says, Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Come on, that'll preach right there. There is a God in heaven who will make it known. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. And so God, I ask that over the next few moments that you would open up our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what you would have for us. May you make your word come alive to us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The king was looking at all of the wrong sources for his answers, and he came up empty. There was no power, and and there was no power, and why would you want to tap into what the devil has to offer? The devil is a liar, and so uh, we can see with the king as he reached out to sorcerers and enchanters and the Chaldeans and all of them, they didn't have the power to bring the interpretation. And so uh, again, we recognize that the devil is a liar, and so this is why, as followers of Jesus, we don't seek out psychics or fortune tellers, or people who claim to talk to the dead, or new age philosophies, or crystals, or angels. Instead, we go straight to the source, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who gives access to us freely. And so we just go directly to our maker. And what a thought that that is. Number one, that he would know us. Number two, that he would love us. And number three, that he would have the time of day for us. And finally, that he would meet our needs when we cry out to him. It's it's unfathomable to even think of that. But Daniel goes straight to the source. He interprets it, and then he's promoted. And in Daniel chapter 3, it records the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three young men refused to bow down to a golden image that that was crafted. And as a result, they were thrown into this fiery furnace and God rescues them. You can read all about it in Daniel chapter 3. 
And after this moment where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for those of you who grew up watching VeggieTales, we're talking about Rakshak and Benny. When God saved them, King Nebuchadnezzar was moved. Again, you should read about this in Daniel chapter 3. It's a miraculous story of, of what took place and deliverance of these individuals. In Daniel chapter 4, verse number 2 and 3, as you're reading along here, following along here, it says, It has seemed good to me to show you the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are His signs! How mighty His wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion endures from generation to generation. King Nebuchadnezzar is praising God. And as you read a little bit longer, unfortunately, he forgets what God has done. He becomes prideful. Uh, he gets humbled deeply. Again, you should read about it in your own time this week. Read the passage and see what happened to him. And he's humbled greatly, but yet then he's restored. In Daniel chapter 5, there's a new king named Belshazzar. He throws this party and he brings some vessels of gold and silver that have been taken out of the temple in Jerusalem to drink out of. It was so disrespectful, to put it lightly. God wasn't amused or pleased with what had, with what had taken place and what they were doing. And so he writes these, this inscription on the wall. All of a sudden, this hand just appears, and it begins writing on the wall. Can you imagine what that would look like? Daniel interprets what's written on the wall, and there's this ex ex excerpt in chapter 5, verse number 23. It says, but you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven and the vessels of this house have been brought in before you and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know, but the God in whose hand is your breath and whose are all your ways you have not honored. That night he was killed. Daniel chapter 6 begins with Daniel being praised and favored. And some were jealous of Daniel's success. In verse number 4 of chapter 6, again, as you're reading along, as you're following along, Daniel chapter 6, verse number 4, Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Listen to that again. The high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. In the midst of horrific circumstances and an ungodly culture, Daniel shone bright for God. His character could not be denied. Daniel had a desire to please God and to honor him. He walked in obedience to God in spite of what he had experienced. And again, remember, he was living large. Life was good for him. And then one day it all ended. There was a godless army that besieged his homeland. His king surrendered. He and his friends were hauled off to a strange land with a strange language to study a demonic curriculum in order to enter into the service of an evil king. You add into this the fact that he was castrated and you have a horrible, rotten, no good day. This is what Daniel went through before we're experiencing his deliverance that takes place. We highlight God's deliverance in this story, but sometimes we forget that so many, his friends and his family and his neighbors, this was not part of their story. 
Yet in what all that Daniel had faced, he had remained faithful to God. In fact, in the Bible, we see that there are a number of stories of men and women of great faith, of great faith, but who weren't rescued or delivered from their trials and persecution. Even though God didn't deliver them, he walked beside them, lending strength to them every day. And we shouldn't be surprised when the same thing happens to us. Those who walk away from God in anger and disillusionment in the midst of their suffering never do so because their test was too hard. Instead, they do so because their faith was not genuine. I hope that in this year, as some have experienced the testing of their faith, that it has been proven to be genuine, that they've not turned away from God, but instead have turned towards him. Daniel's faith was genuine. Daniel was faithful. Those who sought to find complaint or fault came up empty. And look, if you ask my wife or kids, they will find fault with me instantly. Or if you look real close, you'll see that I'm far from perfect. But what would it look like if we were so faithful to God that to those who even wanted to destroy us, of those who are most critical of us, that as they look closely, that they would come up empty and finding fault? This should be our goal. In a year where so much has been taken away from us, where tensions are high, where people feel like the very fabric of our nation can be ripped in shreds depending on who gets elected. I wonder, have we remained faithful and true to God? Have we walked without error and fault? Daniel faced so much more than what we face right now, and he was faithful. Now, I'm not minimizing what we're going through. There's been loss coming at us and things coming at us from all sides. And I'm preaching from my house today because of someone else's illness of no fault of my own, but exposure that took place that now requires me to not be in person with you. My wife and I were supposed to fly to Sarasota, Florida this evening for a week of meetings. And, uh, and obviously that trip has been canceled and instead I'll be quarantining. There's some of you who are sick and others who are isolated and even depressed and some who are afraid. Some of you are terrified to hear the results of the election. And let's get back to Daniel for a minute. They couldn't find fault with Daniel and so they came up with a plan. They would get the king to decree that if someone prayed to anybody besides the king over 30 days, then they would be thrown into the lion's den. And in verse number 10, I love what happens here. In verse number 10 of chapter 6, it says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. When he found out that the letter had been signed, he did what he had always done. He got down on his knees and he prayed and he thanked God three times a day. We've talked about the, the importance of personal disciplines like prayer and fasting and reading the Bible this year. We've talked about it so much. And I hope that no matter what happens this week, that you will get up and do what you've been doing, that you'll get down on your knees and you'll thank God. And for those of you who this hasn't been your discipline or your practice, I would encourage you to let that discipline and that practice start today. Strengthen your personal relationship with God. We're not guaranteed perfect health or perfect life because we're a follower of Jesus. 
but you are guaranteed that God will walk faithfully with us through everything that we face. Many of you know that one of my guilty pleasures is I enjoy listening to country music. I'm notorious for singing along to some country songs and changing the lyrics of the song. I, I don't drink beer, and so I'll change the lyrics to tea, or I'll change lyrics to other things like this. So there's this, this one song, and it goes, So I'm gonna sit right here on the edge of this pier. Watch the sunset disappear and shoot a deer. Yeah, so uh, so that's what I do. I hope that none of you sang along with me in church this morning and sang drink a beer. So uh, instead, you're welcome to sing shoot a deer like me. A few weeks ago, I found myself in a situation where I was on my way to Cedar Rapids to the airport to be with a friend who had just lost his son unexpectedly. And I made this conscious decision as I got into my truck of what I was going to listen to that morning. And I turned it to a Christian station. And honestly, I, I turned it to that station because I knew that another song about beer or women wasn't going to cut it that morning and bring healing to my heart that I needed. And honestly, probably another song about beer or women's not going to be good in my heart anyway. You know, the old saying, uh, garbage in, garbage out. And so that morning I tuned into a Christian station and song after song came on that brought comfort to my heart. Tears filled, filled my eyes and these songs spoke to me. When we find ourselves in situations that we didn't ask for or desire, the worldly wisdom would, would tell us to drown it out with another drink or to take some drugs to numb the pain or to get some retail therapy or whatever. And all of those things will ultimately just lead to emptiness. For those of you who are struggling this week with life circumstances, for those of you who are scared that the election isn't going to go your way, can I encourage you to turn to God? Spend time praying, spend time worshiping, spend time reading your Bible. Daniel, after receiving this news, got on his knees and he prayed to God. He did it with the shutters open. People saw this, they arrested him, they brought him before the king, they threw him into the lion's den and nothing happened to him. God miraculously closed the lives, the, the mouths of the lions and delivered Daniel. But I want you to catch something that Daniel remained faithful to God even until what he thought was the end. And in case maybe you thought that the lions were defective and, and there was something wrong with them and that's why Daniel escaped, the book of Daniel tells us that after Daniel was pulled out of the lion's then unscathed, then those who had brought the accusations against him were thrown in and they ripped these guys to, sh to shreds. And in verse number 25 and 28, here was King Darius's response. It says, then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and language that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lion's den. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Let's not forget what Daniel went through. Yet he found a way in a culture far more wicked than anything we face 
to glorify and serve God with such integrity and power that kings, peasants, and an entire nation turned to acknowledge the splendor of the living God. That's amazing. And if God can help Daniel, then he can help us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was faithful to Daniel, and he's faithful to us. Now, I hope that all of us can, can, can live and find a way in this wickedness around us to glorify and to serve God with such integrity and power that presidents and senators and congressmen and women and Supreme Court justices and governors and mayors and local leaders and officials and an entire nation will turn to and acknowledge the splendor of the living God. This is my prayer for us. As we look at the faithfulness of God to Daniel, we know that God is even more faithful. He's faithful to us today. I want to lead us in prayer. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the story of Daniel and his friends, for the stories of deliverance that we see. God, we're also reminded throughout the word of God of people who weren't miraculously delivered, but who you walked with through all of their trials that they face. And so God, I pray for those who are facing trials right now in their life, that they would recognize that you haven't left, that you've not forsaken, but that you're walking and holding their hand right through it. And God, I pray that as they come out through the other end of that, that they would be stronger and that their faith would be proven, would be proven true. So God, we pray for the elections this week and the results that are going to happen. God, we pray that as followers of you, that our trust would be in you and not in political systems, that we would recognize that you are mighty and that you are big and that you're faithful. And even if there is a wicked king or a wicked president or wicked policies, that you are still faithful and good. And so God, I pray that we would live our lives in such a way that it would draw others to you, that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.